everyone, we're back. And today, it's May 21st, 1980. It's time for The Empire Strikes Back. And it's a full house tonight. It Woo-hoo. it was a fuller house, but it's a little <laughs> less full, and it, and it may be fuller again. But uh, but joining with me tonight are Daryl Taylor. Hello. Frank Rincon. Hi, guys. Mr. Jordan from Jersey, Dr. Esquire himself. How's it going? And Craig DeMonda. Hello, everyone. And this is Russ. Hey, Russ. Quiet storm. Yes. <laughs> so the Empire Strikes Back. Uh, it's funny, we were, t- we were talking a little bit, Frank, you kind of brought it up uh, before we started recording, but the official release date for this movie was May 21st of 1980, and as I was digging around the box office mojo, I see that it had limited release on May 21st, 1980, and wide release on June 20th, 1980. When it When it opened... It was only in 126 theaters. Oh wow! And then I didn't the, realize that. Yeah, and then the wide release, you know, almost a month later, was 823 theaters, and it topped out at 1,200 uh, at the widest, which is pretty crazy now that we think about it, because movies typically debut with I think like 3,200 or 3,300 screens or something like that. Um, but but back in 1980, there wasn't really the content. I think the concept of the multiplex was just beginning like i remember the theater i saw it at which is the same one i saw star wars uh but at that time i think it was a single maybe a double by the time empire came out it was a trip they had three screens i saw i saw empire in a double but in it must have come out in june because i remember some friends had seen it in san antonio and they were telling me about it um, so I didn't get to see it till, till much later, but I knew it was already out in some theaters, but the biggest theater in my hometown was six screens. And that was kind of a big deal. That was like the fancy theater to go to, but we still had single and doubles, uh, were, were more common. Yeah. I don't even, I mean, I don't remember exactly when I saw it, to be honest with you. I know it was a Saturday, but other than that, I don't remember like the exact weekend or day. I mean, obviously yeah, me too. I, it had to be. It had to be past it had to be right around the June twentieth. I don't think I saw it like right away because given where we lived, I doubt the theater near us was probably one of the limited release theaters. I mean, if there were only a hundred and twenty six screens, I mean Chicago's a big city, but I don't think that it it probably it probably would have been something closer to downtown or in a different different part of town from where I lived, but I I know I got my picture in a newspaper because I was in line the day it opened. So the next day, it was uh, it was a long line of people. I wasn't featured in it, but you know, you could see me at the very, very end. But um, I do remember there was a girl in line reading the novelization of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, old school spoilers! Nowadays, you just just opened up the website. Back then, you had to read the book. It's his father. (laughs) (laughs) So the so. So Daryl, do you remember when you saw? It? Like, do you remember it being like limited and wide release back then? I don't remember it being a limited release, but I was in New York, so I would think we got a lot of those theaters sure. uh, because yeah. of the amount of people. But I remember the theaters back in New York were kind of—they um, were still old. They weren't remodeled yet. Like all the theaters, especially in Queens. Not all of them were remodeled, so a lot of the movie theaters were they had the big screens and they were nice, but the but the theaters themselves, they, they were like older 
theaters, like if they were for shows, like like uh, plays and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that's what I really remember going to the movies and and looking at the screen and being like, this looks like this never looked like it should be for a movie theater <laughs> as big as it is. It always looks like it should be made for uh, that. We're going to go see a play or something like that. So I do remember that. Not yeah, it was just kind of funny how it it, uh, it 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 worked that way. I you know it's just it's funny. I remember when we moved to Houston in '85. Um, they just built a couple a mall right by the house, and then there there was a theater, and we were like it was there was a seven screen theater in the mall, and across mm-hmm. the street there was a six screen theater, and me and my brother. We're like, we thought we'd died and gone to heaven. Like, we hated being in Houston at first because we didn't know anybody. But, you know, one of the things that was a constant is my dad, um, because he he ended up getting a better job, at least for a while, uh, when we first moved down here. So he would give me and my brother like 20 bucks for the weekend and we'd go to the movies. We'd see two or three movies in a weekend. I mean, those first couple of years we lived in Houston, 85 to 87, we saw, I think, every movie that was released that we could get into. Um, you know, because it was just such a novel concept. I mean, back at you know, back in Chicago, most of them were all like like we we're saying two or three at the most. Like I, there wasn't many that were um, that were that large. Did you yeah. did you uh, in those bigger theaters? Would you buy one ticket in the morning and then try to sneak into another movie later? We were never like so bold because I think we were just still young. Mm-hmm. We were afraid of getting caught and then calling yeah. my dad. So we would most of the time we'd go one movie on Saturday, one movie on Sunday. Um, and sometimes we'd see two in a day and every so often we'd get a wild hair, especially if it was the summer, we'd get a wild hair. If the theater was crowded, we would, we would hop. Mm-hmm. But if the theater wasn't crowded, we wouldn't do it. Cause we, I was always just afraid of getting caught. Yeah. Well, in the eighties, I did, I, well, the early eighties, I think we didn't have to, you could stay. I think you could stay for a few. No, I mean like go from one theater to the, to another, oh, like too, literally wow. like pay for a right. ticket to go see back to the future and then go see, you know, I don't know, uh, Invader from Mars or something like that. And two screens <laughs> oh, over. And, I was okay. scared to do that. Um, do you remember that movie Zapped with Scott, uh, Scott Bayo? Bayo and, yeah, okay. Oh, my God. I just talked oh, about yes. that on Nothing's On. So when that movie came out, I went to see it, but it was rated R. So what I ended up doing was I bought a ticket for a Woody Allen movie, which I didn't want to see, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went into Woody Allen movie and I tried to sneak into zapped the whole time, but they had an usher in front of there. So I kept mm-hmm. walking out of this Woody Allen movie. I think it was Midsummer's night oh, you dream or something like that. But I kept walking in and walking out and going to bathroom and coming back. And uh, I just, trying I just to wanted to see moves. I just wanted to see boobs. That's it. And I, that not what I said that I had like some of the finest uh, examples of eighties boobs that that uh, money could buy on that tape. So I wanted to be a mutant. That's so, so weird that you brought that up, man. Yeah, it's just uh, that's that. Yeah, that memory has kind of stuck with me because I really wanted to see that. <laughs> so we'll get to the youngins next, but Jim, since <laughs> since you kind of popped in late. What Sorry. we talked about, uh, I don't know if you heard us mention limited release for this. Like it was 126 screens on May 21st, and then it opened on 823 on June 20th. So, do you remember? Like, I was too young to really pay that much attention to to that kind of stuff. Do you remember? Like, did you see it like right away? Was it available where you were? Did you have to wait? You know, was it like what do you remember? 
Uh, first of all, I remember when I saw the first trailer for Empire Strikes Back. It was in Christmas. It was before the Disney movie, The Black Hole. And I remember the, t- you know, seeing the first few snippets of, of film from the, from the, um, you know, the new movie. And they showed Darth Vader getting shot at by Han Solo and, and Force grabbing the gun uh, <laughs> in the trailer. You know, just a lot of quick cuts like you see in a teaser trailer these days. Um, you know, coming to a galaxy near you, the Star Wars saga continues. Um, but actually, the, the story I have about the... I, I saw it on the premiere weekend with my dad. Uh, we were living in Florida at the time. Um, I, it was 1980, so I would have been 13. I, but I remember distinctly going to the Magic Mart where I used to play, uh, video games and, um, like asteroids and stuff. And, uh, they had the Marvel Comics super special adaptation of The Empire Strikes Back on their shelf, like two weeks before the movie came out. So I grabbed it and I'm like, what the hell? And I bought it and I took it home immediately. And I read it immediately. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh my God, this is the whole new movie. This whole new movie. And then I took it to school. Like the next day, and I was showing, you know, what geeky friends I had, which weren't too many. I was like, check it out. This is the new Star Wars movie. And they were like, no, that's just another Star Wars comic, man. That's not going to be in the movie. It's like that rabbit and all that other stuff in the Star Wars comics. That's not going to be in the movie. The movie. <laughs> and I, like, I spent that two weeks trying, no, this is what's going to be in the movie. And then after they saw the movie, they realized I was right. They didn't, didn't care because we're all 13. So. Oh. That was the first time I ever, like, encountered spoilers in my life. Like, I didn't realize it because I was so young. I read that book and, you know, read it immediately, but I had the whole movie spoiled for me uh, before I even saw it. That was the first time that had ever happened to me. But I remember long lines. Uh, You're right, though. It wasn't a limited amount of theaters. Uh, We had to go to Fort Lauderdale to see it, I think, which is about 20 miles south of where we were living at the time. And we did it. We had to wait in, like, a heat. I remember standing out in the heat waiting for, like, hours um, when they, they had people going by selling programs, like almost like they would at a sporting event. I do remember that. <laughs> like I they sold like I uh, Empire Strikes Back programs, and yeah. they were like walking up and down the, uh, the line. And the line was so long at the place I saw that. They were like, like I said, they sold programs. They were selling like concessions from the, the theater, like out on the line. And uh, they were also selling like, you know, how they have a, at some events, like they have those glow sticks and sparklers and stuff, yes. like light up things. They were selling those in the line, I remember, because totally. we ended up seeing it. I think it was like eight or nine that night. I remember being I remember getting there and the sun being up and not going to see the movie until sun, the sun had gone down. But um, but yeah, and then watching it and being like, yep, this is exactly what I read in the comic. I wish I hadn't read that comic now. Uh, <laughs> well, Russ, I just you just made me think about it. I must have saw it at the Sunrise Multiplex because it opened in '79, and it was '80. No, the theater. He means no, the theater opened oh, in '79, oh, so it was a, that was the closest one that was available to us. That was you know it had all the movie theaters, but I re- it and it it's it funny because it just closed this year. Wow, like it's been oh. that long. Um, but yeah, I I, I now do you remind you mentioned the programs? I remember my mother getting me the program. And holding it in my hand the entire movie. Like, yeah. I was so into it. I wouldn't put it down, and I kept looking at the same. <laughs> and, and I remember being in line for so long and reading the program over and over oh, and looking yes. at the pictures. Was... I'm like, who's this Yoda guy? Wow, he looks uh, so weird. And like, I think Return and to that Jedi was spoiled was for me, too, by the program. Yeah. That yeah. the little green guy was Yoda. I'm like, wow, it was. Oh, I was so into it. Like, I, I no, just totally. remember. 
I could not wait for the movie. I probably was a pain in the ass, too. Because I, <laughs> no, I remember just being so hyped to see it and just could not wait. Like, why do we have to wait online? What is this problem? What, what is going on? <laughs> we like, waited. Why can't we just go in? We waited several. I mean, it was probably a couple hours because I, I saw I saw all three of them in the same movie theater in Chicago. And they were all there were three screen theaters. And we had to wait every time. And they they put it on all three screens. So they rotated, you know, about every 45 minutes or, or so that, you know, there was one starting and you basically waited in line. And then when it opened up to sell tickets, you moved up and then, you know, you just kept waiting. It wasn't, you know, yep. none of this, you know, they would just sell a bunch of tickets cause they did, you know, they would just keep, keep, you know, going and until, until they, they ran out. So, or until, you know, people stopped coming and then they would reduce the number of screens. But uh, I mean, we'd sat outside. I remember Return of the Jedi, it was raining. You know, we sat outside in the rain for like an hour and a half almost, you know, trying to get undercover um, to do it. And same with Empire. We, we waited, you know, a good long while out in the, you know, outside just to get a ticket to go. But that was a good thing. Once you got your ticket, you were pretty much ready to go in and sit down and watch the movie. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, it was crazy. I, I didn't have it spoiled for me. Luckily I didn't, I, I went to, into it not knowing a whole lot of anything. Um, did Daryl, did, did it get spoiled for you when you? No, I, I had to, I think this is like one of the last times that I was able to see something this big and I had no spoilers. I didn't see any comics, not before the movie. I didn't hear about any leaks about who you know who the characters were or backgrounds or anything like that so it was just uh when he said those those words i'm your father (laughs) my eyes were like what like (laughs) like what where did that come from so it was uh it was a big deal yeah by the end of that movie just real quick i'm sorry frank um but by the end of that movie i mean the main heroes lost his hand he got his ass whooped Mm-hmm. You know, the other heroes taken away in a frozen thing of carbonite. You know, the, the, Mar- the rebel army has been demoralized. You know, all this stuff is going on. That's not the way that, you know, the first Star Wars ended. That's not the way that most movies ended on a down note like that. And to see that as a kid, just be like, but, but they didn't, and, you know, and then have to wait, you know, three or four years for the resolution. That was a big deal. I, I was shocked at the fact that we didn't end with a big battle. I mean, it really yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I remember talking to my friends and going, "What? Why did it end like that? What's what's gonna you know?" And, and not quite grasping. I mean, I I knew what I saw, but I it didn't you know movies just didn't end that way. So it was kind right. of a big deal, and it just you know it just you just wanted the story to conclude, and it you know you had to wait those three years for it. But um, do you guys remember? I seem to remember there was a Time magazine cover with Yoda on the front of it before oh, yeah. the movie came oh, out. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was before mm-hmm. it came out, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And and I seem to remember getting kind of excited and and I opened up the magazine. I wanted to to read about it, but then I stopped and I I put it back. We were in a supermarket, but but I just remember being excited about it and uh, wanting to know but not wanting to know yeah. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> oh yeah. So and- so us old fogies have talked long enough. So now I'm curious, like Jordan and, and Craig, you guys, I, obviously Jordan, you didn't see it in the theater. Craig, you didn't see it in the theater. 
No, no. What, like, how did you first experience it? Like, was it spoiled by the time you'd seen it? Did, I mean, did, you know, you knew what was coming? Did you, did you watch them, you know, did, in order? Like, how, I, I'm just curious, to, like, not being a part of that time, like, how, you know, how you experienced this movie in particular? Well, I'll, I mean, I was not spoiled because I was relatively young when I started watching the VHS tapes and renting them from my local uh, video store. So I was maybe six, seven, eight, something along those lines. My father and I would share. We, we rented Star Wars first. Then maybe next weekend we rented Empire Strikes Back and then, of course, Return <laughs> of the Jedi. So I watched them in order. I wasn't really spoiled by anything. There was no internet at the time. There was I wasn't really into the books or the comics or anything of that nature. So it really was new to me. Even though I was watching it on my small, you know, 19-inch television or whatever it was at the time, uh, but this is definitely by far the best Star Wars movie out of all of them. I mean, I, I recently re- rewatched it, and we can talk about this you know, later on. But just the action, everything was just perfect. Really great movie. I loved it. Still to this day. So for me, I know I saw A New Hope first. I definitely saw it first. I don't think it was the special edition. I'd seen it, you know, on VHS before that. But for the life of me, I don't know if I saw uh, Empire or Jedi after that first. I I know exactly where I was for both of them, but it was just long enough ago that I can't remember which one was first. But I I have the feeling that I saw um, Jedi first. I I have no memory of the of the I am your father moment as a reveal or something like that. So that that's one of the reasons why I think I, I saw them out of order. Um, but I remember it was my, my dad's mom and dad's, my, my, my paternal grandparents. I was at their house with my, at the time, I guess only sister. So um, now I have two, two sisters younger than that, but that's how young I was. And they had rented empire strikes back uh, for, for us to watch with them. And I, it was probably my dad's idea, you know, for spending the day with them. Oh, you should, Jordan seen this one recently. You should get this other one for him. But I remember it was the first time I'd ever seen, you remember those VHS, um, boxes that you had to like squeeze from the sides to get the tape out of? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 And oh, I, yeah. I remember it was the first time I had ever <laughs> seen that. And I was just kind of, I, I was young enough that I couldn't figure out how to get the tape out. <laughs> um, but I remember sitting there in my grandparents' living room, uh, watching, you know, just sitting on the floor, watching Empire Strikes Back on a, uh, probably a 20 inch, uh, tube television on VHS. And, you know, it's to, to this day, it's my favorite one. But, but again, I don't remember if I saw it before or after Jedi. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great movie. And I wish I had that memory of, of the, oh my gosh, it's Luke's dad. But that, that part of my, of my memory is completely gone. Well, it'll be gone for me too in a couple of years. I ain't got much time. <laughs> well, that's why you record it for posterity on podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's funny because when it, when it came out at the theater, a, a friend, my like my best friend at the time, he was going to see it with his parents. His parents were taking him. My dad, for whatever, couldn't take me and my brother. And it was like my, his his brother. He had an older brother. My friend did, and his friend was going. And so it was like the parents didn't want to take like both of them. You know, like 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 all four kids or uh, whatever. And I stayed on the phone with him, and I begged and begged and begged. <laughs> Probably like 20 minutes, I'm begging him. He's like, yeah, we're going to have to leave soon. 
and I begged him. And something happened where they ended up going to a later show, and his dad finally caved in and let me go. So I had to ride my bike over to his house, and then you know my dad let me go. And I remember we went to the mall, and because you know we're big, we're all big into the action figures at that time, and so. The figures, there were a few figures that were out for Empire Strikes Back um, with the new characters. And I remember my buddy, he wanted Lando Calrissian. He had to have Lando Calrissian. <laughs> and I, I mean, at this point, I had no idea who Lando Cal- I mean, Calrissian was. I had no, you know, no clue. I mean, he was just this new character. And I was like, that is the coolest name I've ever heard. Like, of all the Star Wars characters, <laughs> you've got a character named Lando Calrissian. I'm like, that is the coolest name. That's Lady <laughs> Sing the Blues guy. Man. Oh, 45. That is the <laughs> coolest name ever. Um, and he just, he just looked cool. You know, he had a cape and, uh, you know, and, and just, you know, a mustache and, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you, you know, and that cool get up and stuff. So, and then we saw the movie and then they, you know, they kind of open up and he's this smooth talking dude. You're just like, this is the coolest guy I've ever Man, seen. <laughs> we got him cause he was black. <laughs> you got a black action figure? Man, listen, just, just a black action figure and a big sci-fi film. Oh, we all of us in the neighborhood were happy about that. that you you might have only gotten one in the original trilogy, but goddamn, was he cool! <laughs> you know? And then, and then all the well, parents, him and ice cream the, maker guy. But well, the women, the mothers, <laughs> <laughs> all the mothers were like, "Well, that's Billy D. Williams." <laughs> they couldn't say that to us, but they're you know, oh, you can have your little action figure. But Man, uh, I, knew I they were I, thinking right now, right now in. Uh, in my house, I have a shelf in my kitchen where I keep all my little geek stuff that I really love, like my little TARDIS and my Captain Marvel thing, uh, Captain Marvel statue. But I have Lando Calrissian right there because he is the coolest character. I love Lando so much and not in an ironic way. I just think he is so damn cool. <laughs> I mean, the way he, man, he knows how to talk to the ladies and he's just, man, he's just cool. Yeah, yeah, Diana Ross woman <laughs> back in the day. But yeah, that's I remember because because the the theater was attached to a mall, so like we went to the Ford City Mall before we went to the Ford City Theater, and uh, and that and that's where we saw it. So yeah, we just stopped it. I, I think it was like it was probably like a Woolworths back back then. That was the that was the store. In the <laughs> yeah, world. that's for us ancient people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. five and nine. That. Yeah, Zers. Did they have Zers around there? Uh, they did, mm-hmm. and there was a venture, and it. and of course, Kmart. Gold Circle. I don't remember that. No, not it might be from around here. But that was back Sears when action figures too were like a buck twenty nine. Or and did you have 50. Leia in Cloud City? Because I got that was the first figure I had from the movie. I don't for whatever that. reason. I don't know why. I think it was the only one there. I, that was one of the early ones. Yeah, I think it was like Lando, the Leia in Cloud City, and then like Han with the Hoth outfit. That was another early one. Luke Bespin. Luke Bespin, and then Yoda because he had the snake in the in the cane. Yep, and the dude with the hat, the uh, the one of the Cloud City people. You just had a hat and a oh, uniform. The, I remember. the robot oh, guy like with the hat. Oh, no, the blue hat. The dude, cloud car pilot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was the most boring figure in the world because you're he like, what's the point of him? Like, his you, but, only if you, but if you had the cloud car, you know, the two sided cloud, did have that. cloud well, car, everybody didn't have the fit cloud right car. in there, man. I didn't have it. So he was just a guy waiting. He took orders, <laughs> I guess. And didn't his arm, like, wasn't it like 
it was like bent at the elbow and he had that funky looking like that's when they were doing that elbow bent thing because they did it for luke too with the uh he didn't have a straight out arm i don't think no it was um han solo in the snow that didn't have the straight straight arm i think it's funny, I was just watching a thing right before we started to record. You know who's really big into, like, rare action, uh, Star Wars action figures? Rick Springfield. Oh, oh really? No like 80s <laughs> music icon Rick Springfield? Yes, that very <laughs> Rick Springfield. He had the, uh, he showed off his prototype Boba Fett. He had the uh, 21 back Boba Fett. He had the uh, the tall blue snaggletooth that's worth so much money. Uh, he had, they were all on card, and they were all graded. Yeah, I guess he's, he, he spent all that Jesse's girl money on, uh, <laughs> on know, man. Star Wars sweet, memorabilia. Sweet, sweet toy. That's why he couldn't get Jesse's girl because he was too busy trying to show these ladies his yeah. action figures. Ladies. And they were like, oh, yeah. Eh. General I, yeah, you're Rick money. Springfield, but you have action figures. So. I know one of the first Star Wars action figures I ever had was the uh, 1995, you know, the, the Power of the Force Bespin Luke. Um, you know, with the lightsaber and the blaster. I, I just posted a link for everybody here. But mm-hmm. uh, I remember I got it for Christmas. So it must have been 1995. And I was playing with it outside. And I lost the lightsaber that day. Oh! And never, man. ever found it. But, oh, uh, no. yeah. That was one of the first Star Wars figures I ever had. In fact, of the Star Wars figures I had as a little kid, it was Bespin Luke and it was Han and Carbonite were the two main like movie figures I had, both from this movie. Oh, that'd break your heart right there. You <laughs> yep. Pieces, those make a, wait a minute, Han and Carbonite's not quite an action figure, is it? Well, the, it was it was the block with block. Slave One, didn't it? It was yeah. it was the action figure who that clipped into good. the back of a uh, of a plastic uh, Carbonite block, so it had both, which was a nice uh, figure. And that might not oh. have even been. I don't think that was technically. The Empire figure, I believe that was the Shadows of the Empire figure, because I had Dash Rendar too, I remember. Yeah, and the Outrider it was, yeah. I had the um the uh the Jedi Luke on the speeder, and it was the speeder that when you hit the the little saddlebag on the back, the speeder would blow up. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was like ninety six or ninety seven. That was like the green cards I remember that they were on, but uh although that was in a box. I'm looking yeah, I'm looking at a whole bunch of them across my room right now. In the Power of the Force line, that that was the one where they had the big chest, right? Uh, I believe so. That and they, like had, they had broader yeah. shoulders, and and they just made them look more heroic. They were both. Well, the, the sculpts were a lot better than the were they were back in the day too. Yeah. My sister got that same day I got Bespin Luke. She got uh, a New Hope Leia, and it's that it's it's a famous figure for how terrible the face sculpt is. Like, mm-hmm. if you ever see that, it's like the 1995 Leia figurine, and it looks like a capuchin monkey. Um, yeah, it was bad. It was pretty bad. Was Fisher. Uh, it, it was a man is, face. It was definitely a man face. It was human face. It was just Yeah, human. it wasn't even human Didn't face. Didn't that one get recalled? Like, did, was that the one that Carrie Fisher had? There was one I know. I can't remember. I thought it was Star Wars, where it was a female actress. If it was Star Wars, I guess it had to be Carrie Fisher. But mm-hmm. recalled her figure Mom. because it was so ugly. It's possible. Yeah, ask Rick Springfield; he'll know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guarantee you, he's not doing anything. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that, dude. You were just in that movie with Meryl Streep. Yeah, I'm being a jerk. That's also. You're just jealous because he has Jesse's girl. Yes, I am. Shoot, he's got that General Hospital money. 
right. <laughs> That's right. Do you remember how the, the how weird it felt in the beginning watching that movie, The Passage of Time? Like, it, like I really want to know how much time passed between yes. Star Wars yes. right. and Empire. Oh, yeah. How, how did they get on Hoth? When did they get yeah, to Hoth? Exactly. What's Hoth? They didn't say anything about Hoth in the other and movie. they looked older. <laughs> like, they looked yes. older. Uh, Luke well, was more mature. He had that car accident. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Uh, Luke, Luke looked a lot more mature, you know, because he looked like such a young kid in the, right. in the first movie. And Jimmy he had all those streaks of gray. Yeah, he had the, he had the gray. Um, and uh, Leia looked older, and Han, you know, like everybody just had that look like there was a lot of time passed. Like, how many adventures did we miss? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a weatherness to them. Mm hmm. And how much time did pass? And, and Fisher were both only like 19 when they filmed The New Hope. So, I mean, they had, you'll really see it on them more than anybody else. Yeah, you do. Well, so Mark, Mark Hamill was filming Corvette Summer, I think. He, Which he I gonna, saw. Yeah, I did yeah. too, actually, when it was yeah. in the theater. And had that car was, accident, of course. Yeah, that yeah. car accident that, you know, caused him to have reconstructive surgery and, you know, look, look a little different in the second movie than in the first, but. But but officially, it's like three years passed between A New Hope and and is it that long? I think they. I believe it's three or four. Yeah, right? I think they basically something say like it was real time. Like it was real time. Was real okay, because he's Commander the, uh, Skywalker at this point, so he obviously moved up in rank a bit from being a, a, well, a novice excellent fighter. <laughs> a lot yeah, of yeah. people got killed for the. You know that that's funny too, though. How there were not that many fighters that were in Star Wars that last battle compared to. Uh, <laughs> How they, how many fighters they can actually show in Empire Strikes Back? Like you really see the budget, yeah, and the, and yeah. the technology, the way that they could do it. Because when you look at it, it was only like six uh, X wings out there at the time in Star Red, Wars. Red one through five and Red Leader. Yeah, my, my favorite yeah. story from behind the scenes on that was that they because the Hoth battle was such a a bear because when you're doing uh you know uh, mats you know and and miniatures and stuff like that there's always like a little line mm-hmm. in between where the miniature starts and the matte painting begins or whatever mm-hmm. and when you're in outer space you can hide that because you have a black background but when everything's white and bright like that you have to be really really meticulous to make sure that doesn't show. Yeah, that that's was, something they cleaned up a lot in the special editions. I mean, say what you yeah. know about oh, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The that was one needed cleanup. Really nice. Well, Empire yeah. uh, benefited the most from from being able to clean up the film. I, I agree. Think. Yeah, yeah, I totally yeah. agree. He he made the pick. He, the things he picked to fix were the right things he yes. picked to fix. Yes, and the things that did, and there weren't as many big distracting things that got added, like in the first. Probably because it was such sure. a better film than yeah, the other really two. I think it was the. I don't want to say better or whatever. People like whatever one they like. I would say it's a tighter film. Like the script is tighter, the story is tighter. So he didn't have a. I don't think there was a lot for him to look at and go, "Ugh, I don't like this" or "I don't like that." So it's 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 a movie that that is paced well and the direction is good and and you just feel consequences with it. Um, I mean, I I will admit that it is the the better movie out of everyone that's come out since but but new hope still my favorite and i can distinguish between the two well it has the first you know like it, it, yeah, you, yeah. you never forget your first that that's yeah. the <laughs> that's the big one but uh in terms of quality of the film or or how the the story how it how it went it i just felt like empire was always the strongest one yeah no 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 question 
And from that, you know, throwing in stuff with the special editions uh, on that line of thought, there's not really a lot of places for them to throw in, you know, new and different aliens. You know, the, you yeah. have all those Tatooine <laughs> scenes in, in, in A New Hope and Jedi. Right. And here, you know, they, they touched up the Tauntauns a bit. They had the Wampa. They touched that scene up. And I guess they, they re-added that scene back in or more of those scenes into right. the special yeah, edition. Right. Yeah. And then uh, you might have a couple, like, little pterodactyl-type things on Dagobah. But mm-hmm. other than that, there's not really – there's no aliens on Bespin really that you see. There's mm-hmm. nothing else for you to do there. So. It was more intimate of a movie. Like it was. It was. It was, it was it much was more intimate. intimate. Every character spread out and got their own – like in groups. Like that's where you see Han was falling in love with Leia. Like they were, they were, for, they were really falling in love with that adventure. And then you add to that how much freaking time passed between when they all separated – on Hoth to the time when they got to, they all met up in Cloud City. Like, it seemed to be quite a bit of time. Yeah. Really? That, I mean, what do you think? You think it was like maybe, what, a couple of weeks? Yeah. I, would, I, mean, I think it I might have been weeks. a little bit more yeah. than that. Like, maybe a month. Yeah. I think so they were month. on the run for that long? It took them that long without hyperdrive to get from the battle to, to Bespin? Because remember, they had to sit on the, on the deaths when they, when they were running and they had to sit on the deaths. Destroyer. Destroyer, right. Right. And then they left and then they had to with it how long you don't know how long they were in the the, the um the dinosaur inside the dinosaur, the big whale. <laughs> you don't know how long time that was. And then they and then they had to go really far to go to Cloud City. So you add that together hmm. and and all through that, Luke is getting trained. Like getting he trained, goes right. from barely being able to lift uh, his lightsaber. To true. flip in and jump. He didn't know how to do all that stuff before. Yeah, that didn't he just take a day. And, yeah, like, I, I, I was always, though, confused about Luke's training. I mean, uh, you know, you say a couple of weeks. I always thought it was maybe three or four days, honestly. No, I never. I, never, I, I thought it was. I always thought it was yeah. more than that. Yeah. Because, because he really had to, like, he was, he basically had to train him to, um, pro- like special force training, like you know, like he had to yeah. to to redefine how long he can, his endurance. He had to build up his endurance. He had to um, pretty much change his body to to be I, able I, to deal with. I, I kind of wish they had they had let Luke maybe grow a beard or something, so you could at least just a small beard, so you'd kind of know yeah. that he had been it's there for. A little longer because he always looks so fresh faced. I mean, even towards the end of his training. I think they wanted to because he failed. Like if that's another thing with this, too, is he failed the entire movie. Sure. Like everything he did in this movie, all the lessons that he learned, like rewatching it. It it reminds me of even when my friend, when she was looking at it, she was like. He messes up a lot. Like Like Yoda is disappointed throughout the entire movie with him. Because he doesn't get it, like he bringing the baggage with him into the um, into the cave, and 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 doubting that he can get the X wing out, and just judging people by how they look, you know, like that, like all those things he was doing, and 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 Yoda testing him, and all that kind of stuff. Like he really had to let go of all of his preconceived notions and like a lot of that was i mean and it, and it that goes to how well it was the the movie was because he it really went to a lot of that was his uncle you know constantly telling him yeah you can't do this you can't do that you shouldn't mm-hmm. do this you shouldn't do that 
you know, this is too dangerous. This is too, you know, like trying to scare him out of going out into the world because I guess he was so scared of, you know, what could happen to him or what he could become, I, I would say. But uh, you know now why, but like Yoda had to break all that down. Like he really had to had to get him to understand. And it didn't and it still didn't take until Vader kicked his behind. Right. Well, and then, and, too, the, the heroic side of him had to come out, too. You know, he, here he felt this presence of his friends, you know, in trouble. You know, here's a man that twice saved his life, literally. You know, he mm-hmm. wouldn't be dead if not for Han Solo. And so here he is going through training that he feels like, well, you know, whatever. I could, I could, I can come back. You know, it's just like, I just need to take an intermission. Like, I need a break. I got to go, I got to go fix this and I'll be back. And, you know, so, you know, coupled with everything else, you know, the, the, you know, his, his own, you know, demons coupled with the fact that he strives to be the hero, you know, is, is kind of again, which ultimately led him to, to fail again. He'll fail to a fault. The only thing he did was that he got R2 to the right place. Yes. Because R2 was the one that saved the day. Like, if, if R2 wasn't <laughs> yes. there to, to fix the hyperdrive, <laughs> right. he'd be dead. <laughs> they basically would be dead. Like So, the, so, so, so uh, someone pointed this out to me uh, probably about a month ago. And I, I never connected the dots on this. And I know it's more symbolism, but I never quite realized how... how um, uh, I guess just how important it is. Uh, every time Luke uses the force in the movie, he's upside down. <laughs> that that never occurred to me until someone pointed it huh. out. Well, That's hold true. on. I mean, he did get the lightsaber back a few times while he was standing up, right? The During ones. the fight with Vader. Oh yeah, he did. But he but he'd also had that training then. Like oh, he uh, had more training by the time he was uh-huh. doing that. Well, yeah. but, but when when he's in the cave. Uh, when he is with Yoda, yeah. when he's on he's Hoth, lifting the thing, and, and and then uh, when he's underneath Cloud City and he's calling to Leia. True. Yeah. Well, let, but, let's talk for a second about how much this movie in particular expands on the idea of what the Force is. Now, I mean, obviously, this is where Lucas is training, but think of a New Hope. In a New Hope, the Force is. This vague energy force right. that apparently lets you just kind of have psychic spatial awareness, mm-hmm. I guess for lack of a better term. And right from the beginning in this movie, he's able to use telekinesis when he's when he's you know been caught by the Wampa. Right. Uh, you know, he's able to send messages over distances psychically. Uh, Vader's able to feel his presence from you know far far away. Like and where we've got all the telekinesis, we got this weird space cave that I still don't fully understand even as an adult. Mm-hmm. I get that it's symbolism, but <laughs> well, you even know beyond my, that it's weird. Even with that, it was not... Well, I had kind of got it in my head that because um, because Ben could only talk to Luke telepath- with telepathy, I something told me, I don't know what it was in my brain, but something just said the, he, they don't have telepathy with everybody, so Leia must be his sister or something. And and that makes sense. But I mean it was just it was just this leaps and bounds exponential growth right. in terms of what the force could do. Like almost everything we think of as a force power mm-hmm. comes from this movie. In the first one it's just spatial awareness and uh mind tricks. And he can know. feel when death when 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 people are Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Killed. 
you know, it's interesting about Luke's training, though, if we talk about this for a sec. Mm -hmm. He was trained by Yoda for, let's say, what, two weeks to a month, maybe to six weeks. I mean, it depends how you want to slice it and dice it. Okay, fine. By the end, he was doing backflips. He was standing, he was standing upside down. He had a pretty decent control of the force. His lightsaber skills were still, I guess, being worked on, questionable. But when he goes to Bespin, now, apparently. Mm-hmm. yeah, when he goes to Bespin, he still wears his blaster on the side, right? Which sure. I've never seen mm-hmm. any other Jedi, Jedi work with. Like, mm-hmm. is that supposed to tell the audience, or is that some kind of inside stuff that says he's trained as a Jedi, but not properly? Like, he's still Luke. He still relies on his blaster skills sometimes. The bad- yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that's like a symbolic. You know, symbolism that he just, yeah, he's not confident enough yet. Cause this was a lesson. I mean, this movie, I remember my mother stopping and going, Do you know what Yoda's trying to say? Like, I, when I watched it, in, <laughs> like, when I watched it at home, you, you catching she, that lesson? You catching she, it? She tried to, that's when I was like, in way and said, Message. Cause she did the whole thing of, you know, why he's saying that. Like, you, you have to, you know, like, you really have to take what you learn and trust yourself and and like you can do whatever you want and in the the movie kept like banging you in the head with it but not in an annoying way like it, it right i think if probably if he lucas did it it probably would have been a little bit heavy-handed but the way that the director did it um he did it in such a nice calm way that you kind of get it like the whole thing with the cave you have to pay attention you like you wouldn't really get it as a kid Unless you really pay attention to what Yoda's trying to tell him without telling him. He's like, only what you bring. He's like, you know, like, is there danger in the cave? And when he says only what you bring, like, that's a that's a smack in the face. Like, you need mm-hmm. to really understand that you're, you are the what. You know, like, the only thing important is you, what you bring to it. And, like, he really wasn't getting it. And I, I think that they, I'm glad that they kind of reinforced that. Because most films kind of want to make it give you a win, like they want to give you some type of win, even when the character doesn't earn it. Especially when it's an all ages type of film, and this one was like, no, you don't earn it, you don't get it, you don't get the win. Yeah, that was. I mean, of all the things to stand out, and Jim talked about it in the beginning with this movie. This is the first time. Now, granted, I was eight years old when I saw this, or just almost eight years old, um, but even. Even in the years after the fact, you know, after, you know, watching it over and over again, the fact that we got a movie that was as critically acclaimed, successful, well-revered, where the good guys lost. I mean, I remember that was the big thing is like the good guys lost. Like, how do you make a movie and the good guys lose? You know, like that was just so unfathomable. And, Mm -hmm. And to, you know, to see that happen at the end where it's like. Luke's hands cut off and he lost his lightsaber. Han's fr- frozen in carbonite. You know, th- th- they lost their base. The rebels are he on the run. His sister. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Why didn't that freak me out, too? Like when that revelation. <laughs> well, you Why didn't know yet, right? I mean, you kinda... I think it's more yeah, we didn't, we didn't officially know yet. Right. You know, that's one advantage, I guess, maybe Jordan and I had, although I watched him in order. Jordan, maybe he didn't. But uh, all I had to do is maybe wait a couple of days and rent the next tape. And then mm-hmm. watch Return of the Jedi. I didn't have to wait three years. That was so a, it didn't feel like, like the oh, yeah, it didn't, people. <laughs> it didn't feel like it was this eternity. I, I felt okay. Yeah, the bad guys lost, but 
we know what's going to happen, and uh, the next episode will conclude everything. It's like it suffered. Yeah, you suffered for three years. It was an eternity. I mean, three years. Like now, it's so funny because we're getting them two years apart. Well, actually, we'll get um, we'll get episodes seven and eight a year and a half apart. Um, with a movie in between. With a movie in between. It's like it's like that's why I don't get the I don't I don't I don't have that fatigue thing where they talk about there's so many movies you get fatigued. Uh uh-uh, uh, because I remember how long it took. Yeah. Every time you wanted to see a movie, you got a sequel to something you really enjoyed. It took forever, and yeah. there was no DVDs coming out the next week. There were no, you know, digital downloads to watch it or anything <laughs> like that. No well, and 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 no real for an hour. Yeah. yeah, and no and no real news. I mean, if you wanted to None. see the trailer, you Star had to Log. go to the theater or Starlog. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, you know, yeah. cat find something in people magazine that you can mm-hmm. read and just give you a snippet of, of what's happening on the set. Now, what is this magazine you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> it's like flipboard, <laughs> but how many, and, like, mm-hmm. like, well, uh, I guess since, since Jim had to duck out like Frank and, and Daryl, like how many collective days of your life between 1980 and 1983, did you spend debating with your friends like what happened, what's going to happen, how are they going to do this, what's the next movie going to be about? Like, I, I mean, I, is Vader really his father? Because there's y- oh not yeah, really a that was a huge answer thing. given. We thing. had deep discussions. At, I mean, pl- plus he was black because James <laughs> L. Jones was the one that did the voice. Like that's what we thought. Like, like how could he be his father? He's black. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, long summer afternoons, just talking and theorizing and having fun, you know, just coming up with crazy ideas and and what could be and what was and Mm -hmm. all those possibilities. It it was amazing. You guys in the sunflower field from Attack of the Clones. (laughs) (laughs) And you get a figure, like you would see a figure and you'd go. What is this figure, and what is this one is going to do in the movie? I bet this, it, you like, you would make scenarios for these figures, and you go watch the movie, and the figure's in there for five seconds. Yeah, like Bosk. Yeah, like I thought he was going to be like, oh, this dude is going to come in there and shoot, and then Luke's going to have to jump around with the lightsaber, and he's going to do all this crazy stuff. He he stands there for five seconds. He grunts, you, don't even, he grunts. you don't even get a good story about him in the books for another like Nothing. 15 20 years exactly then we would have seen a lizard bounty hunter is that who that is Boston, yeah yeah, yeah. trandoshan he just stands and there and the grunts because because the other guys are making fun of these bounty hunters the uh the, much, the ship yeah. people yeah, yeah. how cool was that scene though just the lighting oh, yeah. the characters the the way that the space the space that they play with in that scene where it's like the the empty cylinder and the in the center and the multiple levels like such a great set of shots there yeah that, that was yeah. the other thing you'd speculate about the bounty hunters and you know who they were what they were then there was the great uh uh i uh forlom zuckus uh mix up of of 1980 like the the the, the figures the four lom figure which made sense like i thought once they finally cleared that up later i was like yeah that makes sense because he is a droid and they're all named with like letters and numbers and then you have this alien thing that was zuckus but when the figures came out the figure that was actually zuckus which was the funky looking um almost looked like i don't know he had like like a like a beaver teeth and like this crazy jacket and it was like this green alien, real short. He was he was labeled as Forlom when the toy came out, and then the big not the not IG eighty eight, but the other robot looking thing 
was was Zuckus. And then somehow they realized they they just it was like a bad marketing thing or something. They they messed it up. So it's like now the they fixed it. So like when the toys came out later, I mean much much later. Like I think maybe Power of the Force or after they they flipped them back because they had it wrong. But you look in the magazines and everything. I mean they they that's how they had them labeled and they were right. wrong. <laughs> and I can even see it. Just one person you know who's labeling it, giving the name to the other guy, saying, "Yeah, it's the one with the fly looking head." Is this thing? And they <laughs> right. both have the same kind of <laughs> yeah, head yeah. design. They both look like uh-huh. bugs. Um, you know, just one's a robot and one's a. And I love I loved Four Mom's design and how he had. More or less, just a protocol droid, you know, C-3PO type body. Yeah. But he had this radically different head. And I don't know that we'd seen, we'd seen a lot of droids at that point, but they, we didn't really have the idea that they were kind of mix and match. And, and yeah. I love, I love how he was, you know, one body and a head from some other line, probably. Um, and then IG-88, who's just the, the coolest, but. Had that tall gun. Uh, my, that uh, crazy uh, rifle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My Wi-Fi uh, address, uh, my my Wi-Fi router's name is IG88. Nice. <laughs> so you may off, connect to yeah. it and get internet, or it may kill you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> and it, oh man, I I kept thinking in my head like, oh, these bounty hunters are gonna come after them, and we're gonna see a whole fight and a whole thing. Like, there's so many scenes in this movie where it it could get you thinking of what's to come, especially for the next movie. I yeah. mean, you just thought it would be just a big thing and, and you, you go to it and it's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's not going to be that serious, but it's out there in the world. So, I mean, you know, like he, you know, like he built this world, man, and there's so much you can do with it. Yeah. That, there's, uh, there's a cool series of books. They're not, I mean, I don't, they're not canon now, but, uh, there were it was like Tales of Moss Eisley, mm-hmm. Tales of I forget Tales of the Bounty Hunters and T- Tales from Jabba's Palace. Yeah, Tales or, from Jabba's Palace and then Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Yeah. Tales of the Bounty Hunter was really cool, but it had yes, like it was. It had this crazy it's, origin that, it, for both. That is Fett. like my favorite book. I'm yeah. sorry, that's like my favorite book. Anyway, go on. No, it was cool. I mean, it had an <laughs> yeah. origin for Boba Fett that was completely wiped out with the yeah. prequels. But there were some really cool stories in there. I mean, mm-hmm. there were some really, really cool. And it gave you the cool. It was like finally after, you know, what? I think those came out in the mid-90s, late 90s. So, you know, after almost 20 years, we're finally getting, uh, you know, a backstory about what, you know, what these guys, you know, what their deal was. Uh, and that IG-88 story is still one of the coolest Star Wars short stories. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, re- I remember even before I read it. Just my cousins or my friends telling me, oh, there's this story. And, oh, if, if the second Death Star had come online, it would have been IG-88. And, all, you know, all these <laughs> alternate <laughs> history things are just so cool. Like th- that opening scene from the IG-88 story, which is like four seconds that takes like ten pages where it's just this robot figuring out how he's going to kill a bunch of people is awesome. <laughs> what was the book that was set between... Empire Strikes Back and and Return of the Jedi. Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire. Empire. Oh, okay, okay. I remember really enjoying that book too. It was good. I liked it. But that was like that was the first time Lucas really did like crazy marketing thing mm-hmm. because it was a book, a comic, and a video game, and a toy soundtrack line. too, and a toy line and a soundtrack, and each one gave you a different perspective. Like, right. if you played just the video game, you got one aspect of the story. If you read just the comic, you got another. If you read the book, you got another. Like, 
And it introduced Prince Shizor, who's just a really cool character that they did some some neat stuff with in the comic mm-hmm. line, um, especially. But yeah, it was kind of cool having a stories you know set that were canon, um, you know between those between those two movies to kind of get you what was you know what was going on. Like why you know why did it take them so long to get Han back? And you know you find out he didn't go directly from you know from Cloud City to back to Tatooine. And they even Maybe. found a way to work in those deleted scenes from Return of the Jedi, which I guess is more of a discussion for mm-hmm. for next time, but of Luke building his green lightsaber. Yes, yes. You know. And you get why you get you also get that he never went back to see Yoda before the right. movie. Right. Yeah. Like you like I thought like he just went straight he took his hand and went straight on back and, <laughs> and did his training and that was the whole thing. But you you get a whole thing of that. I recently uh, did the audiobook of Scoundrels, which is uh, which takes place between New Hope and yeah. Empire. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, yeah, and they uh, uh, they mentioned Black Sun in there. They they mentioned uh, Prince uh, Caesar's race in mm-hmm. it. And, the uh, Falene. Yeah, the Falene. And uh, yeah, that that was a fun story. But it's kind of it's kind of interesting how like Empire uh, Shadows of the Empire kind of that story kind of bled into uh, even the past of, of the star Wars, you uh, the expanded universe, which I guess doesn't count anymore. Like, like yeah. you said, and, and that was, if I recall correctly, that was one of the first books to come out after the second canon wipe, wasn't it? Cause you had the first canon wipe kind of in between empire or right after Jedi with right. a lot of the comics. And then you had that other one, right? When dark horse took over, Mm-hmm. And uh, or not? Who was the book publisher? Was that also Dark Horse? No, no, like, no, no, no. Del Rey. Bantam, it was De- what, Del Rey, and then Bantam, or Bantam, and then Del so Rey, or something when, like that. When they took over the book license and started to make all the books like fit together, like so, it was it was one of the first ones that I read for sure. But it was also like right after the second Canon Wipe, and it was a great place to jump on into that expanded universe and you know, I Jedi and True Sipakura and all, all those. I Jedi books. was awesome. I, I Jedi was my one favorite of the best. Oh I, I love Corrin Horn. Yeah. He, his whole oh, story was so good. Those X-Wing his, books were awesome. Books were like, that, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man, they were so good. And even and even setting it up that his his uh, heritage of Jedi can't use the telekinesis well. Right. But it can channel energy. Yeah. So yeah, that is Ancestor who, like, absorbed a lightsaber and it just exploded a bunch of Sith. Or, or they weren't Sith. They were Dark Jedi or whatever they were. He had a silver remember, lightsaber. And oh. he had to save a print. It was such a good. I wish they could have done like a movie or something with that, like just on the yeah. side. And it was because cool that, because it was told in the first person. Like that yes. was just it's, so unique. One. It was a detective story. Yeah, like it was. It was a blend of detective story. It was espionage. It, it like it was a crime story. Like all that was in it because he had to get her his. Um, he had to work with her. Uh, King of the Underworld uh, father. Oh, right, right. right. Remember when he when he set up those relationships? I mean, that's what made just reading like why reading that those books and then getting to the point now where uh, he's a Jedi master. It means so much more to me because I read those books. You know, when they were coming out. There's a picture of me. I think it's even on my Facebook of me sitting on a plastic chair in the middle of a field out in the middle of nowhere reading that book and it's actually it's on a boy scout camping trip 
And if you know anything about me, there are very few things in this world I despise more than camping um, or Boy Scouts. But I was on a Boy Scout camping trip. I believe this was like three or four days before 9-11. So that really dates it and puts it in a weird place. But it was me just avoiding camping by sitting there on a a plastic (laughs) chair and reading (laughs) iJedi for the third or fourth time. Speaking of Luke becoming a master, I mean, for those of us that haven't read all these expanded universe stuff, uh, how is his training really finished? I mean, I guess the Return of the Jedi, he goes back, but he, he beats Vader. Yoda's pretty much he finished. Finds a holocron, and the holocron helps like fill in a lot of the gaps in his training and lets and, him reform the Jedi. And, and Yoda, well, he actually him. fight. Well, he actually his training is completed in the book by just him learning how to outwit um, the bounty hunters. Remember. Because remember, he op- he finally opened himself fully to the Force at the end of the story, and then he said, "I'm ready." Remember that? Which which co- the, the, No, it was in um, when when Skywalker became a became, when he became a Jedi Jedi, like when he was ready to go into Return of the Jedi. There was something in the shadow of the Empire where he had to figure they were still running from bounty hunters because they, they all had a price on their head by then. Right. In that book. And he had, he had to, they had to fight several bounty hunters. And towards the end of the book, there's a scene or something where he, uh, f- he had to fully open himself up for, to the force. Like was it that, when he was fighting the guys on the speeder bikes on Tatooine? Maybe it might have been that. And he totally like he everything they were trying to tell him, you know, like clear your mind, get, you know, like all that wipe away all the doubts. He did it like he he was using something. He was fighting with a weapon. He might have been fighting with a lightsaber or something. And as he was fighting, he could feel himself become more powerful in the force because he had opened himself up to it. Right. Because when and then. It kind of it 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 in the book the kind of the force kind of the way that is interpreted is that it also kind of guides you into where you're supposed to be, and the force said. And then I remember at the end because it was a big deal where he said R two take him. I want you to say this message word for word, and he recorded him saying the message that uh, he gives to Jabba to Jabba the Hutt. Okay, right, so, oh right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So right before Return of the Jedi, sometime between Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, he has some more battles that we don't see, mm-hmm. and these battles or quote unquote trials, maybe they are they are of him. They I were guess. his trials. They, okay, they were his trials. Yeah, those were his trials. So he finally gets the the true me- the true meaning of Yoda's teachings. He oh, picks it up on his own. And he's now a full Jedi master at this point. Is that well, not what a master? He's a full Jedi, but, no, he's, okay. but he knows. Because Yoda that's... tells him when he in Jedi when he goes back to to Dagobah, he says he says I've come back to complete the training, and mm-hmm. and Yoda says you no more re- training do you require, right? And then he said he said okay then I am a Jedi, and he says no only when you defeat Vader when you mm. when you face and and defeat Vader a Jedi will you be, and then he you know he basically said look I can't he's my father I can't. Because you know, I, I think the distinction is when he opened himself to the forest, Yoda could feel him. Could finally really feel him in right. the forest. And then felt like, his, yeah, because at that moment he didn't need any more training. Like his training right. was complete, but yet. His last obstacle was dealing with Vader because he still had the fear of Vader. Right. And that was his fa- that was his first <laughs> failure. I mean, that was, mm-hmm. that was he had to basically fix what he failed at. Right. I just always felt he wasn't really properly fully trained. 
as he needed to be. Like it just, it was just a abridged six week crash course on how to become mm-hmm. a Jedi. And this is the last Jedi there is. They're all dead except for him. Right. And well, Leia could be possibly become one, but that's only one who's going to train her is going to be her brother. Well, what's cool with the books was that he kind of, that was kind of his thing. Like every time he went through something with the Jedi and he, it always came down to, he kind of had to put it, he kind of had to just wing it there <laughs> because yeah. he didn't really have that, the yeah. luxury of having all the, the information and, and the, the yeah. archives and the, the other right. various masters to, to, to tutor you and give you advice and, and they didn't have the, all those resources. And plus they weren't scooping up children, you know, like right, young, young children mm. and taking them away from their parents. Like they were not going to do that again. Like that was just not they a. They could marry, have children. Yeah, they could marry and have kids mm. and yeah. all that kind of stuff. They would, you know. <laughs> so it's the reformed Jedi. It's the, yes. <laughs> it's the much. new modern Jedi. It's yeah. like Vatican Episcopalian II. Jedi. It's, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Catholic light. Yeah. <laughs> They still don't yeah, we, we're open-minded here with the new Jedi order. And, you, know, we're, you don't have to be like a priest. and like That's what it was. It was kind of like you're like yeah. a Catholic priest and you yep. couldn't... Monk. Yeah, you're a monk. Yeah, yeah. You so if you want to carry a blaster, carry a blaster. It's okay. It's a civilized time. Who cares? Just, you know, if it makes it's you feel better. It's weird because if you think about it, it's a mixture of the Roman Empire and how the Spartans would take children... Mm, at a yeah. young age to be warriors and mix it with <laughs> monks and, and Catholic and priests. Nazi Germany. And <laughs> like, and Nazi yeah, Germany. It, was, it was like a mixture of all of those things and, and to make what a Jedi is. Mm. You know, it's interesting. Empire is the only movie of, of the six that has no scenes on Tatooine. Yeah. 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 True. Oh, look at that. Wait, wait. I never, I never thought about that before. Well, True. the last one, does kind of at the end you mean right at the very very end yeah you mean uh i mean three well, they go fast. Episode I mean, three. in the beginning yeah, yeah it's three. only like one scene but uh which they filmed yeah. in the end of two oh, i guess that's true yeah yeah but it's the only one that have no scenes in fact there's only really one planet no no i guess i guess dagobah there's only two planets the whole movie everything else is on space stations or yeah. in space yeah, yeah. well hoth dagobah and then yeah they go to the bespin right and then, but but, that, but they're, they're still floating, on the space yeah. station. they never go to the planet it's a gas giant yeah. Mm. Yeah, it mm. really has that sense of adventure of them running. Like it really yeah. had that sense that they were under the gun. Yeah. Like there was no they had no rest. There it was just them. And even in the the you know, when you get the information in the beginning, it's basically saying they've been running from base to base to base to base. Yeah. I mean, there's there has not been any type of pause and you know, rebuilding of any kind. We should give credit to Irvin Kirshner, too, the director of this film. It is just oh, yeah. oh, he gets the best. It. Yeah, he did, oh, totally, totally. Killed it. Killed yeah, it. Did. I mean, compared to the other ones. I mean, look, New Hope was great. Star Wars, excuse me, Jim. Sorry. Star Wars was great. Uh, the, you know, Return of the Jedi was semi great. But this one, just every beat was perfect. The, the way the characters interacted with mm-hmm. each other, they seemed actually human. Well, he was a director's Which, director. I mean, he, right. you know, oh, yeah. he's, yeah. he, you know, he taught at, you know, he, he was a teacher, you know, Kirshner was not just, just the guy that directed movies. He was a teacher as well. And, and, uh, you know, that, that was a big part of it. So he knew how to direct actors. And I think that was huge. I mean, of all, 
you know, Marquand was, you know, we talked about it before and we'll talk about it when we get to Jedi. I mean, Marquand was just like, well, we need somebody that can get the job done. And Marquand was like, you know, he could, he could get the job done. He could get it done. Yeah. Very pedestrian. Um, You know, and Lucas, you know, we've, we've, we've harped enough about his, yeah, his talent, but, but Kirshner was, was kind of like the real deal, you know? Yeah. And, and that, this movie, because, you know, we talked about it being intimate, I think it really benefited from somebody that could direct actors and actresses. He and made Yoda Kasdan, real. Yeah. 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 And Lawrence Kasdan, the writer with Lee Brackett and George Lucas oh, yeah. kind of, you know, th- th- this is, this is the best it's going to get. I mean, George, I guess, was in control, but he let professionals really, really he had a, he just had a take it to, to the next to level. Build. Yeah. So he, he could, from a creative perspective and, you know, no, I want this guy to look like this and this one to look like that. And, you know, th- this costume to be like this. He, you know, he still was all that. But, but that's his forte anyway. Exactly. So let him do yes, that. Absolutely. And let the director actually direct the people the way they need to be directed. Yeah. And, it, and it, he, had a, he had enough distracting perfect. him to, to, you know, to let that go. And then, you yeah, know. This slid on by. <laughs> yeah. Well, slid on by. And, uh, and you got to figure, too, at the same time, he's developing Indiana Jones. You know, Raiders of the Lost Ark came right. out the following mm-hmm. year. So in a right. matter of time, and they had to get this done yeah. because he knew he wanted to do, you know, Jedi and all this kind of stuff. So they had to kind get of get this done. Yeah. He couldn't just hold it just for him to do it. Yeah. So and um, John Williams was also on fire. I was on just going to say, let, oh, let's yes. talk about the score because. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Me, the score for the Empire Strikes Back best. is be- is is definitely the best of all six, mm-hmm. but in my mind, probably the best musical score of any movie I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, it, I agree. It, yeah. it, you know, this is where we first get the Imperial March, which is so identified. Mm-hmm. Other than the main theme, it's it's so identified with being Star Wars, and I think even nowadays, it's it's even more so. I mean, because we see it played out in. You know, they incorporate it into sports events. Yeah, and football games all the time now. Yeah. You yeah. know, there's, there's, you know, 18 crazy metal, you know, uh, in- interpretations of the Imperial <laughs> March that, that are done. Um, but just every, you know, Yoda's theme, Leia's, Leia's theme, Leia's Han's theme, theme right. the Luke's Han theme. and Leia love theme. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The asteroid chase, which to me, I, I could listen to that over and over again. Oh, I mean, oh that's just, awesome. Yeah. That's a great one. You're right. <laughs> you just feel it like that when the Millennium Falcon is just like weaving in and out of asteroids and stuff is, is clashing into each other and you got that score in the background and it's just the right audio mix where it's, it's not completely overpowering, right. but at the same time, it's. It's it's just fun. I I had this as a double vinyl. Like I bought that. <laughs> I somewhere I think in my parents' house still. It's a it was a double vinyl, and it had the soundtrack had the the original movie poster. You know, with just the Darth Vader head on the soundtrack. <laughs> and like, remember that door? Like when they go in when they're in Cloud City, and and uh, they go in that room, that breakfast or whatever. Yes, and the and Darth Vader deflects, yeah. d- and that door closes. Like, yep. <laughs> there's just a sense of fear of, oh man, they knew how to shut doors in, in those movies. Oh my god, <laughs> doors <And> shut. <laughs> don't 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 put it, a toe in the way. <laughs> it was perfect how he did it. It was like he closed that door, and then they it just shoots through another scene. Yeah. Like you and your mind, you're telling yourself, oh, he just did terrible things to them. <laughs> yes. Like he's forced choking them and throwing them. Like you're just telling yourself all this crazy stuff that he's doing to them. He just uh, absorbed like a, at least one, if not two, I don't remember off the top of my head, but lights, uh, blaster he, bolts. He deflected his hand. hand. He right. deflected yeah. them. Yeah. Or yeah, but not either even way. A, not even know. a thought. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you ever wonder if they actually ate breakfast when the door closed? I mean, actually- <laughs> I would make. Yeah. You know what? If you know? <laughs> I thought about that, like that would be yeah, the how worst. How would Vader eat breakfast if he yeah. made you Brawl. forced you to sit down and have breakfast? He was the purple it's like man. Prince. Would you like to join me for some pancakes? Yeah. Yeah. Going to have some pancakes. Some now. <laughs> and you scared? You don't know what's going to happen? You sweating? You don't like this is your worst nightmare. Like we'd I be can't honored enjoy if these you pancakes. You don't know when the, the, the lightsaber is going to come out and he's going <laughs> to slice us all down and he just makes you sit there and eat because Vader don't eat. He just watches you as you eat and you see him breathing. That would Look, Han is macking it to his daughter, so he's got to feel him out, make sure he's the right guy. You know, it's a- That would make me go insane. Like, you, there's no... It's like, you can't... Just kill me already. Just kill <laughs> Just stop messing with me and die. Still, Let me die. <laughs> The real torture is waiting. <laughs> and then you say to yourself, did he feel her in the Force at all? No, because he, he discovered it in uh, Return of the Jedi, a twin sister. He didn't know. Or did she he did not let himself feel her? Well, I think because she hadn't opened herself to it. So right. Lucas hadn't written it yet. So. Yeah, he hadn't written the midichlorian yeah, thing pretty yet. Much, so. pretty much. Well, you, you I mentioned mean, hell, he tortured her in, the, in, in Star Wars, right? With, with mm-hmm. the, the, the droid. Sure yeah. yeah, chemicals. Yeah, and, yeah. You, sure you mentioned did. lightsaber a moment ago. This is the first Star Wars movie with an honest to goodness lightsaber fight, not yes. that you know kind of cane slapping that they do in, in, <laughs> yeah. in New Hope. So, yeah. you know? and not only is it a is it a fight like by by the prequel standards, it's a pretty tame fight in this one, but still the the lighting and how it's almost all done in the dark, where you just mm. have these slashing glow sticks it's awesome looking and vader smoke vader so cool he only used one hand like he He didn't even need two hands on his lightsaber and he didn't and he didn't light his first yes luke did it yes that was failure number one. It's like I, I remember. Oh, I remember she told me to shut up. I, shut. I was like a little kid. I said, "You see what happened, right? You see, he did the lightsaber first. He failed." And she was like, "If you say one more word, I'll just let me watch the movie. Just shut your mouth. Shut your mouth right now. I watched it all day with you. I'm sick of you already." It was, it was I a good fight. See Black hole with you. Yeah. I don't know if, if I was more surprised with the fact that Vader was Luke's father or the fact that he got his hand cut off. Like, when the hand got cut off, I was like, <gasps> like yeah, he's the hero. That? Like, how do you right, cut the yeah. hand off of the hero? Like, yeah. you can't do yeah. that. Yeah, I think the hand getting chopped off was pretty uh, – it affected me. It was a double click. It was yeah. the yeah. hand getting cut off, and I'm your daddy. <laughs> now what you going to do? No, <laughs> jump, <laughs> and then he committed suicide. <laughs> yeah. So, can we speculate how that sword made it into episode seven? I mean, did it fall down one of those shoots? Is that what you think happened? I mean, are we, we going to find out in a couple of weeks? Well, Cloud City was never destroyed, right? So, well, it I, I fell down one of those shoots. The, you think? And, I want to say even in the books, like obviously that's not canon anymore, but I, I feel like that lightsaber showed up again at some point. Well, um, in the comics, they keep implying, like in the new version with Jason Aaron. There is an implication that uh, there are people that are just looking for all types of Jedi well, artifacts. That was even artifacts and things. That was even the right. case, you know, pre the continuity wipe. I mean, right, right, that was right. all over I Jedi. He, I believe it was, I think it was that one. It was definitely Corrin mm-hmm. Horn. I don't remember if it was but, that book specifically, but he finds like the Emperor's secret. Uh, basically, it was like Hitler's vault, but just yeah. full of. Um, instead of the spear of destiny and stuff, or or whatever it Which was, is realistic. I mean, you're, you know, all these lightsabers and even if they were samurai, you run around. I mean, you would want 
you know, trophies. like there would be people that would want trophies, like yeah. the swords yeah. of the people that, you know, with the famous people that they've heard, you know, that they have legends about. So it makes sense that somebody would find it. At the bottom of Cloud City somewhere. One of those chutes. One of those air tunnels. Yeah, or it's called the planet. I mean, Hmm. you know, to the surface proper. I mean, it... uh, it, it, Well, I don't think Bespin had a surface. I think it was a gas giant. Was it a gas giant? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, that's really beside the point. We're we're debating the uh, permeability. But everything (laughs) goes in those little chutes. I know, right? We'll know in 10 days. (laughs) (laughs) But everything went in those, those air vents were just sucking up things. I mean, if it's, if it got Luke and pushed him in it, I mean, it's, it's and and the hand. There'll be a so, scene. That, there'll yeah. be a scene that that says thirty five years ago, and it's like a janitor, and he like picks it up and looks at it, and just like tosses it a bin with the rest It'll of the junk. It'll be one of Doug Knox. Know, that was a, it, It's going to be the ice cream ice cream uh, maker guy. He's the guy that found it. <laughs> I might be remembering he... wrong, but I think there was a book where somebody did get the hand and yes. used it to clone another Luke Skywalker. Uh, probably it was probably with the Jordis Cabal or whatever. There was a lot of cloning stuff in those. Early books. He had to fight a himself, lot. like, and they, they were both the way they were implying it was like they were both pulling from the same source of the Force. Was it in the book? Maybe like um, Dark Empire Two or Dark Empire Three? Maybe because because it, yeah. it was something like that. Like it made Luke sick. Like it almost made him feel sick to feel this abomination. Like. Part of him, but not part of him. Like it was a whole thing when he was trying to fight it or something. But they did, they did find his hand. Somebody did. For anybody it. who hasn't read all these ex- expanded universe books, but didn't Me? like Empire Strikes or, or not Empire, but uh, Attack of the Clones. If you thought the cloning stuff in Attack of the Clones was dumb, stay away from some of the early books because <laughs> there's a lot, a lot of dumb cloning stuff in them. Yeah, they did a lot of. The Emperor stuff. gets cloned like seven times. It's, yes, it's ridiculous. Totally. And then they had a whole thing where, like, if you were a clone, you got the same name as your original, but you just mm-hmm. doubled up a consonant in it. So you'd be like or, – or a vowel, so it was like L-U-U-K-E Skywalker. It was really <laughs> – it was really, really dumb. Yeah, it got comic booky silly. <laughs> the books got much better later on. <laughs> it did. It totally did. So um, I, I guess Luke was try- was committing suicide when he let go. No, well, I, I remember so. even as a kid being like, wait, he's he's okay after falling down this inexplicable chute? I think he did, though, because he didn't know he would go into that. He didn't use any abilities to push himself into uh, that thing. And, and Ben didn't tell him to jump. Like, if Ben had, I think if he had meant for him to do that, if Ben had went in his head and said, jump. Jump, then Luke, we can jump, say, okay, jump. he didn't commit suicide, but he got That's no true. message, and he, he really like had nowhere around. To go. Luke, like one of the Luke things- had nowhere to go, nowhere to go. It was either he get, but but he, it still even his suicide was heroic because they would have used him against the rebels if they caught him. I, I don't so think it was suicide. Choice, yeah, if, he did that little look though. He looked, he, he scanned, he looked down, he saw those holes. I think he figured. I at least have a shot of maybe making it into one of those things and maybe surviving instead of being nah. stuck here with Vader. No, I don't know. They, they did a shot of his face. He he looks down. I know he looked down, okay, but I okay. think he read. I think he just said in his mind that I'm not going to be used as a weapon against my. Right, but I think he felt so like was he suicide. could direct his because he if he did look and then if you right. look around and see like there's all these holes everywhere that. You know, that, that had, I don't know, it just, it just looked like there were passageways or whatever. So I just looked at it as he's like, well, 
I, I'm not going with this guy. And if I need to, I'll just jump and hope for the best. I, I don't know. I just I didn't look at it as him committing suicide as much as him like figuring it out. Well, think about it, Russ. If you had to, if you were like there was holes and you had to jump, I mean, it's either it's either this dude kill you or grab you and use you, and you jump off the thing and you, you might land on something that'll save your fall. Or, yeah, or or, or you slide into a hole yeah, perfectly. Yeah, true, he I did mean, slide into that hole pretty. He slid into a hole, which then led him to another chute, which led him to another <laughs> hole. Which led yeah. to another. It was right. like this weird, like yeah. water slide <laughs> without the water. So that's asking a bit much. If you don't like, he couldn't have seen all the way down there to see where he would have went. Listen, so. he's got the force. I mean, he was using it. Maybe he saw something. Maybe he, you know, he's got at least like seven metachlorians going on there. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, I think <laughs> he lost a lot of metachlorians. Yeah, in butt kick. yeah, they his were all his hand. hand cut off. And- <laughs> so the that clone, the clone was Luke Skywalker with two. Yeah, U's. right. It was two two U's, right? And there was Joris Kaboth. Well, he was, was yeah. The Joris was the. Joris was the clone of Joris Caboth in Heir to the Empire, but but the the Luke with the two U's Skywalker. Every time I see that, I think of I want to I want to think of Luther Campbell. But anyway, um, uh, in the Last Command, like that was that was where he showed up. That's how that that all ended. And he yeah he fought his own clone in in the Last Command, which was the the third of the of the Zon trilogy. The, right, which, right. I love that. How, how have we talked about this movie this long and not talked about the AT-AT fight yet? Because as a kid, that walkers, was the mean? coolest thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the, the walkers. Trip them uh, up with the snow speeders. And, it's also yeah. the coolest toy, man. Oh, yeah. That was the coolest toy to come out of Empire Season by far. Oh, yeah. The yeah. designs of the snow speeders were, were incredible. I mean, just yeah. the look of it where, you know, who would have thought this idea of you couldn't shoot the things down, but they shoot out little ropes and you can tie them up and which makes me wonder what were those harpoons used for normally? Like <laughs> there was a reason that they all came pre-installed with that. They're towing. Whaling. What they do. I'm thinking towing. I'm thinking whaling ships. Yeah, whaling. Or hunting. They were space whalers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I. uh I I read something recently where they were talking about that that Hoth battle and and uh, they were making fun of of you know how they were going to defeat them and and they they um, someone had brought up the point goes yeah and and we'll attack them from the front because that's where their guns are we don't want to go from the rear where they don't have any guns so so just <laughs> attack them from the front that makes more sense <laughs> and, and use this really thin wire that mm-hmm. that that'll trip them uh, that we just happen to have on our snow speeders for some reason. They have hover technology. Why do they need legs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it looks awesome. And they had to fit them. They couldn't even, they had to, and they weren't, actually, were they for the snow? I mean, because they had to, remember, they said they had to retrofit them yes. or yeah, they prepare had them for the for the cold weather. So they, actually, they weren't for the cold no, weather. they weren't. Right, yeah. Which is funny because they're only ever, I mean, I'm sure... I'm pretty good with knowing like YT thirteen hundred is the model of the Millennium Falcon, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know the the like ship name for the snow speeders. They're, they're T- in everything always just called snow speeders. Yeah. They're T thirteens or T fifteens or mm. Are they? Okay. Something like that, yeah. Cause I T forty seven. Because I know the X Men yeah, comes from C ninety five. T forty seven is right. And I think that's they use that even in uh I think they even use that in uh Battlefront. I think that's what they. Oh, really? I think that's what they. Uh, when you go to to get in them, it says T fourteen 
you know, speeder. Oh, that's the two seater uh, one uh, where one guy's facing backwards and one guy's mm-hmm. facing forwards. That's what really cool you're talking design. about. Yeah. Okay. It is. Yeah. Um, real, real quick, quick, uh, geek question. Can those things go in space or, or are they strictly, uh, atmosphere? They're you have to use them in the atmosphere. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know think if, they can. Uh, we never speeders see them in Yeah, and even like the speeders in the prequels and the land speeder that Luke used, everything else, like were pretty, like you know, they, they didn't get very high altitude. You yeah. know, you would think that they would use every ship that they had to when they, you know, the going X-Wings into battle. Too. The Encom yeah. Corporation's T forty seven was an atmospheric vehicle designed for industrial cargo handling. Its cockpit features positions for a forward facing pilot and a rear facing cargo manager. Bam. And they re- retrofitted them with uh, harpoons. Yeah. <laughs> For whalings. That didn't work. Oh, boy, that Dak, he was ready to take on the whole empire. Right? Dak. <laughs> yeah, poor Dak. Well, here's Never. another uh, ship question. Did the X-Wings have hyperdrive? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, because that's how Luke gets to Dagobah. Yeah. Okay, yep. they, but they never show one launching oh, into yeah. hyperdrive, do they? Sure. In the last one, in Jedi, they they all jump the A wings, the B yeah. wings, the oh, X wings. Oh, they do jump. You're right, and yeah. they jump out. That's yeah. true. Okay, it's the Imperial ones that don't. Like the the regular the Tie, tie fighters, fighters don't. Yeah. Okay. Right. The interceptors don't. I think Vader's fighter. That's a short range fighter. It's a short. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, on the, the on the prequels, X- you see uh, what is it? Uh, Obi Wan's fighter. Yeah, they have Tie hyper, fighter hyperdrive link, link up to that big ground thing, yeah. right? That big yep. hyperdrive device, which I I, lo- I do like that design. I like, like that design too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a good and, design. And now they just have to leave it hanging in the atmosphere uh, <laughs> yeah, to pick it up later. That's super cool. Pretty cool. I mean, it's a good yeah. idea. Yeah, it keeps it from having to be so big. I mean, you know, they have the technology to, to to make it smaller. So. Well, the Tie fighters aren't that big, and yet yeah, they can go to hyper. Speed, but the other, you know, well, the X wings, X wings. I mean, excuse me, X wings not that big. Yeah, could the Tie Fighters go? I don't think no Tie Fighters couldn't go to hyper. I mean, Tie Fighters weren't even like they don't even have deflector shields, but they were faster. They they weren't airtight either. Like that's why they had to wear those those full fighter costumes Mm -hmm. because that's what I love. You know, that's what I love about the game because they include that in the game. The X wing can can uh, they have deflector shield, but the the Tie. the uh, Tie Fighters they don't have any deflector shields, but they they're faster. Speed boost, yeah, right. they got the speed yeah. boost. I mean, exactly. the the interceptor. That way back in the old Lucasfilm. Uh, um, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, even in the old Lucasfilm uh, X-wing versus Tie Fighter series, it was yeah, the same yeah. way there too. I'm glad they kept that. Like that, those little details, even even the thing of the deflector shields not holding. Like they would yeah. <laughs> they would fall pretty quickly. Like there there weren't those shields were not that great. In, in battle, which is what I like. Like, you have to constantly keep uh, hitting the buttons when you're in battle. Like, it really makes you think about it. Like, you have to. That's why you just play as a B-Wing. Much better shields. It's a little slower, but it looks cooler anyway. So. <laughs> well, even with the uh, the Millennium Falcon, your shields drop after yeah. a while. Yeah. You know? uh, that old hunk of junk? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I got to play it again before I go to bed. <laughs> just one more time. I, I do hope Disney relaunches the X-Wing and TIE Fighter series. That seems like a long time coming. Um, even if it's just a re-release of the old ones. Um, you mean the toys? You mean the No, models? no, X- no X-Wing game. and TIE games. Fighter, the old PC game. Oh, the games, okay. Yeah. That, yeah. that were basically uh, flight sims, but for X-Wing and TIE mm-hmm. Fighter. They were yes. awesome. And TIE Fighter was the I don't superior. see it not happening, especially since they're going to make, um, they're adding and doing a, like a whole 
Star Wars centric world, you know, for yeah. Disneyland and yeah, stuff. The, the only thing really holding it back, I think, is not the Star Wars aspect of it. It's the flight sim. Flight sims have just died over the last. Yeah, 20 years. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that game was hard, but I remember that was like one of the very first games I ever played online against other mm-hmm. people. And oh, it was really? Astounding to me. I was just like, on the PC, right? Yeah, it was on a, PC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're talking like 1992. Yeah, I remember them. It wasn't a console game. It was a PC. I remember them now. It was like maybe 10 frames a second. Remember Top Gun? (laughs) A what? On Nintendo? Oh, that was such a pain in the ass. But you couldn't land on the carrier anytime? Oh, my God. I remember sitting there and sweating. Don't get me started. Now I'm going to have to talk about Battletoads. No one ever has to talk about Battletoads, Jim. No, you don't have to do that. It's impossible. It was, it was rough. Anyway, it was a rough time. There have been a lot of good, decent uh, uh, Star Wars video games though, since we're oh, talking yeah. about that. I mean, um, uh, there was one. It was a, a first-person shooter, Republic Commando. Oh, Republic Commando is great. That was an awesome game. That was yeah. like Halo mixed with Star Wars. Uh, the Knights of the Old Republic games are rock solid. The Jedi Knight series was great. Yeah, Jedi Knight series. Yeah, the yeah. Dark Forces. Yeah. Force yeah. Force. The Jedi Knight series. Once you got to the last two games, which might not have been the strongest story-wise. But they had, as far as I'm concerned, I played a lot of Star Wars games. The best lightsaber um, control games. I do, I do want to to bring it back to the movies. I do want to bring up the last shot of the movie, mm-hmm. possibly right, the right. best last shot of any Star Wars movie. With mm-hmm. you know, the shot from behind them as they look out the window mm-hmm. on the frigate, um, with him without his hand there, and it's just him, uh, Leia, and, and uh, the droids, and I guess Chewie. Um, such a such an iconic final image. Oh, yeah. No, Chewie and I thought Chewie and Lando are they're on. They're in the, they're in the Falcon. Well, they yeah, say goodbye to the them in the Falcon. Yeah, I guess they're yeah. not in that final shot. But yeah, it's two two droids, funny. Leia and Luke, I think, in that yeah. window. Yeah. The window. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the I mean, Falcon the docked shot. with the with the medical frigate. That was the right. coolest yeah. thing. Like when they showed yeah. that long shot, and you see it's like it's like docked up under there. This reminded me of Battlestar Galactica a little bit. That whole fleet flying around. Oh, yeah. Kind of brought me back for some reason. And then Lando was like, why is Lando wearing Han's clothes? Yeah, you see that? (laughs) I thought that was like, why is he wearing his clothes? It must come with the ship. He must have, you know. I guess so. I guess. He went, he went in his cabin and got well, away. Well, okay, so <laughs> so you know, uh, Family Guy, he did the um, um, they did the parody of all the Star Wars movies, and at one mm-hmm. point, Brian comments on that about him wearing uh, Lando's clothes. Uh, but Seth Green said that there was actually an action figure. It was called like a Lando Calrissian in smuggler gear or something like that. So it was actually an action figure too. That does ring a bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, Erwin Kirshner was uh, like Lucas's teacher at USC. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a really good director. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? he's yeah. He was a veteran before he taught, and then went back to directing because Lucas asked him personally to direct this because he couldn't because of his problems with the Directors Guild and everything. But Thank uh, God he did. yeah, I mean, yes. I think that's why. I think that's why it's probably the strongest of the series. I think that's why it's got the most polish and. Probably, you know, it's definitely the best directed and probably the best written. There's one thing this movie didn't have, which I'm glad it didn't, was the kitty stuff, the silliness. Yes. Like it, it started true. to creep back in into Return of the Jedi as I watch well, it again. Lucas, though. That's what he he likes that he wants that. So. The, the kid, yeah, the, the the droid nonsense with the you mm-hmm. know, branding of the feet. I mean, we'll talk about the next movie, but still, it's like it, the silliness was not in this movie. This was a serious 
But movie. the comedy was there. You had a he little bit the, the... on Dagobah in the beginning when like uh, R2's going under the water and stuff <laughs> like that. But 3PO and pieces. Kitty cute. Yeah. I mean, Yoda, his whole first ha- first half of the time you see Yoda, he's acting all like like weird and, and goofy. Right, when he's so acting it's funny. Because he doesn't know he's Yoda, right? He's trying to test him. He's acting all crazy. And C-3PO, I mean, he had some of the best and funniest lines. I mean, he the was the movie. comic foil for it. Yeah, but he was movie, just yeah. enough. He didn't. He didn't distract. It was just the perfect amount. But you have to be a good director to be able to to know how to put the levity in at the right times, but don't overdo it. Like you know, no, they got like, it right. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and this of course spawned. This was the movie that spawned that one shot from which we get all the bounty hunters that we know and love. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That one like two minutes, you know, no disintegrations. That, yeah, that's we'll the about that. yeah, I want them alive. That was great. <laughs> that was awesome, man. As you wish. As you wish. He they redubbed the voice, which I, I didn't have a problem with them redubbing the voice. That was okay for continuity. Going back to the the clone voice of Django Fett, I think that was fine. Boba it, Fett. It helps that Tamora Morrison has a really cool voice. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, it's I, I can deal with that. And yeah, but if Jeremy Bullock himself does not have a problem with it because I met no. him at Steel City Con a couple of years ago, and I, I even asked him about that. He's like, "Oh no, of course not. It, it works out better that way." And you know, he still gets to sign everything Boba Fett. And right. That's the least of things they changed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the, the Emperor scene uh, on the you know the video transition that with the Emperor. Change. Mm-hmm. Dear God, they that, changed that, the whole conversation, but it worked very well. Well, and they changed the entire shot too. I mean, because it yeah, was the TNZ yeah. uh, in the original. Yeah, I mean, it changed and remember, the, but the conversation was altered quite a bit too. The, the oh, length, oh, absolutely. yeah. Remember seeing uh, Vader without the mask on for the first time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was crazy. Oh, Back that of the was head, so yeah. cool. That spaghetti head. <laughs> yeah, mm. you're like, what the hell is under that thing? Like, what's He's not black. What's him? going on? That's yeah, Jason, like they that's not James Earl Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I caught just turns it. Of winks. I didn't even catch it till the second viewing like i know i stayed i think we did three times in that movie i didn't catch what was under that thing because i was just so into just looking at everything that i didn't catch it right away uh, until the second time how say, many ships captains did he kill too? darth vader in this movie i mean look three, three right two it was two was it, was and it two or three okay two wow i know you That's guys pretty- mentioned uh family guy before but i remember on one of the robot chicken episodes they had a, a training class to show everybody how to act like they're being force choked Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't have to actually be killed by Vader. Yeah, if they messed <laughs> oh, up their, yeah, their yeah. job, they just had to pantomime it, and they would like disguise them and put them in another part of the Death Star. He could kill you from far away. What kind of boss is that? That's great. He's as clumsy as he is foolish. <laughs> I like. I don't want no promotions at this place. Admiral <laughs> Taylor. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I say it all. Listen. I can I can imagine once he heard that admiral like he pulls at his collar like I can't mess this up. <laughs> You're the admiral. Wouldn't that be a great scene? He just kind of turns around the corner and as admiral, I fire myself. That was like now my pension has gone up. It's a perfect time to retire. When that little shuttle, like you see it go up from the star destroyer and then boom, shoots over to the to the 
executor and you're like oh yeah he's done for yeah, he's done. <laughs> even that was done well like the, yeah. when he comes over to kill him he's apology like, accepted I will, yeah. I will give him my sincerely apology apology accepted like, I, 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 i'm gonna say it now because i'll probably forget it when we talk about return of the jedi my favorite toady like trying to placate Vader is the guy at the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Oh he's yeah, like, I don't have enough men. And he's like, we should double all efforts. <laughs> Moff like, Jar Jar yeah. looks like he's, he's about to crap himself. You know? oh, <laughs> I think he did. I love that guy. <laughs> Although they did reuse that scene in in Empire. Did you notice that they added that in the special edition where Vader's shuttle returns yeah. from from, da- from, uh, from whatever it was the planet from Bespin from Bespin to the ship. That's the beginning of of of, of Return of the Jedi at a different angle. And but you could see that commander standing there of, of Death Star. It was kind of funny. I know it was a little bit of a cheat there that they did. Yeah, gotta do what you gotta do. Unimportant. The the uh, the job market must just not be good in the Empire. <laughs> oh no! We even show well, you there's how lot, there, there's lots of room for advancement because yeah, people, exactly. you know, the top guys are always leaving. So. <laughs> Yeah. But they're all human, though, which is interesting. The, the bad guys are all humans. Like I was going to mention the that the racism, racist. The, the yeah, the racism, like how they looked at all British. the different alien bounty hunters. Yeah, we don't need that scum. Yeah, alien <laughs> like non-humanoid aliens were they, they didn't, didn't like they expanded them. on that in the EU a lot. That was a big Definitely. thing with the books is they were not allowed as a you know to hold positions in the oh in the empire that was the big Sleep. thing with thrawn because thrawn yep. was an yep. alien oh, yeah. and he was he allowed was the smartest one yeah. but sent away because he was a he was not of uh he was blue skinned right blue skinned yeah he's a chiss yeah jenna was gonna is marrying a, a chiss well in the extended universe though, Wait, the jana or jana uh the daughter Oh, okay. Right, right, right. I, I think I, I read a few books after she's Legacy Marian of the Force, Fell. and then yeah. I... Uh, she's engaged to Fell. Fell, I say. Right. I always forgot he was Chiss. Mm-hmm. But he looked human. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, it was, it was some of that. It was a mixture of Chiss and human together. Those were cool. Did you guys ever read uh, the X-Wing, the Rogue Squadron comics? I did. A Not couple of them. Man, they were the books. books. I read all the they books. They were good. The comics were written by Stackpole as well. They were written by the same guy. Yeah, he's a good. He did some Star Trek stuff too, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And he did a run towards the end of that deal that had, that dealt with. It was like a two issue arc that dealt with Baron Sunterfell, who was like the Red Baron of the Empire, mm-hmm. and it was really good. Like it, it kind of told how he kind of changed allegiances and stuff. It was meant. Oh, he could write action and and, so and put a story together that was really good. Those books were so good. Like they yeah. Dark Horse put out those little mini omnibuses. Not not mini, mm-hmm. but they're smaller and there's three volumes of it. If you ever see those at like a con or something like that, pick them up because they're well, I think they're on the unlimited app because they like Oh, they are now. Yeah, that's, you're right. You're right. Cuz all the Star Wars stuff got ported over. Yeah, yeah. definitely it, it's worth getting unlimited for a couple months just uh-huh. to read the the Rogue Squadron stuff. It's, it's really like good. It's like 50 million Star Trek, Star Wars stories that they put on that app in one day. I was yeah. like, what the hell? Like, yeah. what can I, right? I have Wait, like is, that, is that Marvel Unlimited? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, they got yeah. all the rights back when it's funny because, you know, Dark Horse got the rights to the Marvel stuff when they got the license, and now Marvel got it back and they got the license to all the Dark Horse stuff. Right. 
I could every time I read a, a Star Wars book, I can hear the tears of Dark Horse. Oh, man. And I, I mean, for a <laughs> long time, I never, I never thought there'd be reprints of the Marvel Star Wars stuff, but they came out with those really nice Omnibuy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, was a long time ago. It was called or yeah. whatever of all the yeah. old school Star Wars. It's on there too comics. with the rabbit. I found it. I yep. found that rabbit one that I hated so much. Jackson, it's there. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah. I bet you Marvel or D. Dark Horse is really crying out because those Marvel Star Wars books are selling like tenfold what what the Dark Horse stuff was selling. Which because they, they know like, then they're only, but they know even if they got the the license back tomorrow, they still wouldn't sell. I know, and Marvel I don't understand sell. it because because they don't have that mark. They'll never get that market that the retailers would give. I guess, yeah, they would never order as many copies. Of a of a from Dark Horse that they would from Marvel. It's just the way it is. Yeah, it's just it's so f- odd though, you know, because you figure mm-hmm. Star Wars is Star Wars, and I mean there was some good stuff. Yeah, they were. You know, but... especially to, like in the beginning and then the middle, it was kind of like catch, you know catch as catch can. But the last I want to say like five years that they had that license, six years they had that license, there was really good stuff. I mean, you know, when they kind of consolidated the line and they kind of re they kind of rebooted it with like the the legacy book, the Knights of the uh, the Knights, yeah. of, Knights of the Republic, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> there were like four books that that they kind of rebooted. Dark Times, they kind of rebooted, and like once they kind of went with that route, like all that stuff was really solid. Yeah, they don't have that. They don't have that M on it. Yeah, <laughs> as long as they, that's the thing, they it's don't crazy. have that M on it, and they don't do the the variants. They just don't have that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's not that pull. Yeah, Richardson's not. That's not his his deal. Mm-mm. All right, boys. Anything else that we want to? Any final thoughts? Closing words on Empire Strikes Back. Only uh, those Jedi would return, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> what? <laughs> and now the adventures of Lobot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so much has been said about this about this movie. I mean, it's it's great. It's the best Star Wars movie to date, and. Uh, and uh, I think it's the one that everyone, you know, loves the most. Yeah, it's well, kind of you don't love the Ewoks. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> I I always say it's the best Star Wars movie, but my favorite movie is still Star Wars. Like it's 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 mm-hmm. this weird. Mm-hmm. I Same always, here, Russ. Same here. I always equate yep. it to this, this. This is gonna sound goofy, but I always equate it to Led Zeppelin. Like I think "Stairway to Heaven" is like the greatest song, but my favorite Led Zeppelin song is "Cashmere." So it's just like it's like this weird. It's like <laughs> that makes no sense. It's like it does to me. It's your nostalgia. It's, that's a, yeah. That'd have to make sense. It's the way it is. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so this is episode five of our six. Uh, so we will be back shortly to finish it off with Return of the Jedi. So for all of us here at HHWLOD and the various podcasts, as well as Daryl Taylor, thank you for joining us again. Thank you for having me. Always. You can go to taylornetworkofpodcast.com and check out all of his cool stuff he's got going on over there. And we will see you in a few days, or you'll hear from us in a few days, to talk about Return of the Jedi. Of, of any Star Wars game. Yeah. Who's eating chips? Me, man. Who's eating chips? Yeah, who's that? Who's, who's... Yeah, who's enjoying some chips? Is that you, Frank? <laughs> oh.
I was making lunch for tomorrow. <laughs> always you. Always the diva. Always. Uh, I was trying to be quiet. Sorry. As you rattled the bag in front of your mic. <laughs> what, kind, what kind of chips were they? Come on. What, 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 Fritos. What are you doing? You take Fritos. 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 All right. Do you put it in your lunchbox? <laughs> yeah, my little Star Wars lunchbox. <laughs> With the thermos? So you got yeah, the thermos of course, too, man. I got to, I got to put my chocolate milk in there. And I got to. Oh <laughs> you know, I know you're making a joke right now, but my daughter does have a Star Wars lunchbox. Yeah, right, she does. Your daughter's a child because you love her. Frank, you got a Twinkie in there for dessert? <laughs> I do ding dong, so I ain't gonna all do right, no Twinkie. Right. What are you talking about? You know what? Those stay with me. Those Lunchables, man. Those are bad news. Lunchable. You, you were badass in school if you had Lunchables, okay? That was like. You <laughs> bad were, news, man. Special. Yeah, you were rich. The guy who had Lunchables. That's bad news. Oh, you got both your parents, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so. I'm so parents are fighting for my affections. Oh, you Ooh, got both you got your parents. You got a VCR, too, in Cable. <laughs> <laughs> like if you had a Twinkie, you were you you were you were solid. But if you had Lunchables, that's it. You you were you were top class. Oh, you're totally top class. Oh, remember <laughs> some when the real rich parents would bring food like McDonald's or something every night. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the room it? would just quiet. It would just go quiet. <laughs> oh, like you are special. Here's <laughs> 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 some McNuggets. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh man! So Empire Strikes Back. I, I, I was yeah. gonna say. I think we're. I think we're officially off the rails.